Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hello, I'm Sam East, and welcome to Un Cafecito with a Woman in STEM, a special sub-series of Diverse, a sweet podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at SWE Diverse Podcast. On today's episode, I'm joined by the Hispanic Heritage Month lead within the Latinos Affinity Group of the Society of Women Engineers, Lenis Perez. Lenis is a wellness engineer international public speaker, certified meditation teacher, and coach. After spending 16 years working in the engineering industry, Lennis experienced firsthand the high stress and high demand STEM careers put on individuals. Through her talks, events, and mentoring work, she's teaching professionals in STEM stress management and burnout prevention tools so they can have more impact, fulfillment, and joy in their day-to-day lives. Lenis, I'm so excited to have you here today on the Diverse Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Sam, and for the Society of Women Engineers for hosting this space for us. I'm really, really excited to be here. As we always do on the podcast, we like to hear the origin story of how you first became even interested in STEM and engineering. Yeah, well, I'm going to take you back to the 90s. Now I'm aging Ooh, myself. But, <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite decades, if I say so myself. But <laughs> I was born and raised in Venezuela and growing up in an oil rich country, it was very common to drive between towns and to see the uh, plants, the refineries, oil rigs, all these different things just being part of the mixture. Now, I grew up in a family of engineers. So my dad was in the army, but he was also a civil engineer. My brother was going to mechanical engineering school when I was in that junior, senior year of high school, trying to decide what my career path was going to be. My mom was a kindergarten teacher and she said, hey, if you want to do something easy and fun, become a teacher. And I was like, no, (laughs) that does not sound fun to me personally. Yeah, especially because as a kindergarten teacher, she had 20 kids just running around wiping their boogers in her shirt. So I was like, that does not sound fun for me. So I, um, I thought, you know, I was always intrigued. I was fascinated, honestly, by the refineries by these giant structures with especially at night that they will have the lights on it was just so shiny and i was good at math i was good at chemistry and physics so i figured you know i know that my dad and my brother can support me through this journey because they are engineers and they understand how it is but I'm going to pick chemical engineering specifically because I really like chemistry, especially organic chemistry. It was one of my favorite subjects in high school. 
And that's kind of what led me to become an engineer. It was seeing role models, but also wanting to work in this place where I thought was the coolest environment to work in, just being in a refinery. And that's how I find out that chemical engineers work at refineries and work for oil companies. And that's how I got into it. I'm curious to know, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, especially you know, you're talking about the 90s, which was a couple decades ago, not many, but a couple decades <laughs> ago. Were there any roadblocks for you as a woman coming up in this? Were there a lot of women around you who were pursuing this career path? What is interesting is that I've had this conversation with other women in STEM and engineers who are from South America versus who were born and raised here in the U.S., And there is a giant contrast when it comes to role models. Yes, there was a little bit of a myth that to become an engineer, you had a certain look. Let's just say that women that went for engineering weren't the most attractive. That was one of those things that high school kids will joke around. And it was unfortunate to, you know, have that mindset and roadblock. But at the same time, you also were able to see that managers, leaders, and executives at the oil companies were women. Mm. So you had this contrast and that we were not, I guess, isolated as women to put on that hard hat, to put on the work boots and to go into the field. So I was able to see both, right? There was the this more childish perspective of, you know, oh, well, you go for engineering because in South America, culturally, you have these beauty pageants and we're very well known around the world, like Colombia, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, for having Miss Universe titles, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So going for a technical career, and I know recently there was an an engineer who, who participated in the beauty pageant and won which mm-hmm. was exciting. And that was the other thing in in the national beauty pageants. You will hear because they will ask what the ladies who were participating, what they were studying. And there were a lot of engineers and women that were studying engineering. So I did have that contrast. So I will say that it is different than when I came to the US and I started to notice that isolation of there's only one or two women in let's say the entire civil engineering class where Mm -hmm. they may have, you know, 60 guys and two girls, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the cultural differences because I would assume as time goes on, some of those stereotypes have diminished and you could have women who could do it all. You could be in a beauty pageant. You could be an engineer at the same time. You could do it all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're hoping for that progress for sure. And, uh, you know, as you go on with your career, you eventually go to receive your master's in chemical engineering. What was that experience like? Because I'm sure there's some people listening who are curious or maybe are currently going down that path. Yeah, I will say follow the path of least resistance is the advice I will give (laughs) to my younger self. And it, it was just a choice that made sense. So what happened at that time is I have moved to the U.S., I was finishing up my bachelor's in chemical engineering and I was under, I had a student visa. So I was in that place where I 
was thinking to myself and talking to my family and trying to figure out, okay, am I going to go back to Venezuela to work? Am I going to stay in the U.S. and try to find a sponsor so I can continue to further my career in the U.S., right? So I was kind of one foot there, one foot here, not really knowing what was going to happen. What happens is in, in South America, a lot of the universities, when you go to engineering school, is a five-year program and it requires a thesis. A bachelor's degree in the U.S., the university that I was going to did not require me to do a thesis and it was hmm. a four-year program. So in the school that I was at, they had what they called the seamless program. What that meant is during your senior year, if you had the qualifications, the right GPA, you could opt in to apply for this program. That was a full ride for your master's. So that was fantastic. And you could finish it in one year because they will allow you to take extra classes during the summer and during your senior year. So that way I could do my full program, bachelor's and master's within five years. And hmm. that will also be the equivalent of having a bachelor's in Venezuela. So to me, it just made sense. It was just like, okay, wherever I end up, this is just a smart choice for me right now, especially having the opportunity of doing it with the financial support of the school. Mm. I like what you said off the top there, the path of least resistance, because I think for students, you almost get in that mindset of you have to do the most to get to where you want to be, but there's often various avenues to get to that endpoint. Yes, absolutely. Now, you are a wellness engineer. This is the first time that we've had a wellness engineer on the Diverse Podcast. Tell us what an en a wellness engineer does. What is it? <laughs> well, this is a term that I coined myself after oh. years of working in industry and working on myself. So to put it in engineering terms, a wellness engineer is someone that helps you create the systems and the processes so you have balance with your overall well-being, right? This is the wellness part of it. I know a lot of us have heard of our IQ and have heard about EQ, right? So this mm -hmm. is our intellectual capacity or quotient, our emotional capacity or emotional intelligence. And there's mm -hmm. another one that's called the SQ, which is your spiritual quotient or spiritual intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. So as engineers, we really value our intellectual capacity. Mm -hmm. We really are great at problem solving and figure things out. From my journey, and I know you read this in the bio, is I experienced burnout multiple times. I will say I experienced it in college. I experienced it through my professional career. And through that process, I had to figure out what can I do on my day-to-day -day life to really keep this balance and ultimately to have that mind-body-spirit really be in alignment because sometimes I will lean too much. For example, when you're in school, you're really focusing on your curriculum, your grades, and you're really focusing on your intellect. And maybe your emotions are not, you know, you're kind of pushing them through, or at least that was my experience. I was pushing my emotions. I was like, if I was feeling overwhelmed, 
I would just push through it. And unfortunately, that just built up for me to experience burnout, to not know how to manage stressful situations. And when you enter the workplace from a depleted place, from a fighting imposter syndrome, from Mm. trying to prove yourself, then you are not having a strong foundation to make sure that your well-being is a priority through that entire process. Mm. So as a wellness engineer, I pretty much just teach the tools similar to what we teach in, in what we learn in college, right? Is you learn a set of tools that can help you mitigate, problem solve, do root cause analysis and understand why maybe your physical health is now having some impact. That was my mm. personal experience was in through my experience of burnout. It wasn't just my mental health and going through depression and going through anxiety and going through periods of extreme overwhelm. It was now my physical body was showing signs of a lot of chronic disease, which mm. I was just, again, as a problem solver, I was like, nope, <laughs> this is not, I'm going to live my life. So I decided to invest in myself, to invest not only on therapy, but also on the certifications, the coaching certification, the meditation teacher certification, so I could help others Mm. live through their processes and their journeys like with more joy, that there is really a way to align I like using the word alignment more than balance that really align your mind, your body and your spirit with your day to day task and what you do and choose wiser for you and also become a true role model for the new generations that are coming up and are looking up to you and see how you're handling your life. When you first coined this term and and basically created this position of wellness engineer, What was the response? Because as you said off the top, as an engineer, your intellect is revered. It's put on a pedestal, of course, because you're using that part of your your brain and that skill set to do your job, but you're introducing the alignment that you speak to. So was the response good when you first started introducing this? I will say it's been mixed as with anything new, right? There's people that see the value and the evolution of what being an engineer truly means. And I think that we can provide so much value in in the world. We do provide so much value in the world. Why not provide that value for ourselves as human beings from the inside? Yeah. Um, I have also had resistance, right? I have also had the old school mentality, which comes from simply fear, right? The unknown, something new, something that we haven't navigated before is it's going to be uncomfortable for certain people. And it's just been kind of like, oh, that's so needed. It's just not for me. Or, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then just kind of walk away. So it's just been (laughs) a mixed bag of people being very curious, very open, of really encouraging and really investing in themselves and say, yes, I need someone like you to help me through this journey versus other people that are just simply uncomfortable with just thinking that there's more to them than just what they've worked on for 
10, 20, or 30 years, which is developing their intellectual capacities and skills. Mm-hmm. And really what I'm thinking of when you when you talk about that alignment and is you can't pour from an empty cup. So yeah. you have a lot as engineers, like you said, there's so much that engineers contribute to the world to keep the world moving and afloat, but you can't pour from an empty cup. So with what you offer, it's like you're really giving people the opportunity to learn how to fill their own cup. Yes, exactly. So for those who are experiencing burnout in their STEM careers specifically, because that's what you're intimately acquainted with, what advice would you share? Yeah, I will say that the first thing is you're not alone. So many of us have had this experience. It's just kind of very kept very silent. And now with the isolation or with the restrictions of most people working from home, we really are starting to see that there is even more boundaries or more roadblocks to tap into seeing others going through similar experiences, right? So you feel that you are completely alone in this journey. I felt completely alone and I was going to the office and I was working, you know, full time and had my home life. And you're not really, you're not alone. I will say the second thing is don't compare your journey with somebody else's journey. Because a lot of times when we are going through different struggles, we're looking to see how other people are handling their stressors. And Mm. what I can tell you is that we each have unique experiences that we've lived through. Even if you think about a household with two or three different kids, right? Someone, I have an older brother who, as I mentioned, is an engineer. His experience, even though we were raised by the same parents in the same cultures, spoke the same language, the way that he processes certain experiences is very different than the way that I process them, Mm -hmm. right? So comparing yourself is not really going to be helpful here. What I will say is it is an act of courage to ask help, to ask for help. And you are an incredibly courageous person. Just by picking a career in STEM, that takes courage. So you have it within you to really be courageous, to ask for help, and more important, to accept when somebody is offering help. Because Mm -hmm. I know we love to problem solve and we love to, quote unquote, problem solve, figure it out on our own. And Think about situations where you've accomplished something big and meaningful. You typically have a support system, you have mentors, you have, you know, other people surrounding you that are are just collaborating. The same goes with your well-being and the same goes with this experience of burnout. It's something that you are experiencing in your own unique way, but there are people out there that are ready to support you and help you. All you have to do is be courageous and ask. You spoke about how each individual has their own unique way of processing stress and burnout and how they could sort of navigate that. What's your go-to? Oh my goodness. I have a toolkit. (laughs) Yes. Love the toolkit. There's lots in there. (laughs) 
Yeah, the, depending. So one of the things that I learned for myself was to work with my hormonal cycle where I know that my energy is not the same every single day. Yeah. And even though we live in a world that expects us to have the same energy every day, physiologically, our bodies, as women specifically, we are just wired differently. Our chemistry changes throughout our month when, from the moment we hit puberty to the moment we hit menopause. So working with my hormonal cycle allows me to pick the right tools in the moment. So for times where I am in the planning phase, journaling, just getting those ideas out really helped me navigate through feelings of overwhelm or feelings of stress. When I am on my peak ovulation phase, for example, I love going out for a hike. I love being mm. out in nature. I love going to the lake and just spending time there. That really helps me. It's just more of an outward energy. And then when I'm getting into my menstrual cycle, meditation, I mean, I do it every day, but that's when I really make sure that I sit down and I meditate and I create this calm space it, because at that time, it's all about truly connecting with who I am and not the things that I have to do. And that really calms me and calms my nervous system. So those are kind of the three off the top of my head that I can share with you. Mm, I love that. I'm sure uh, somebody will be adding that. I'm going to be adding that to my toolkit. Absolutely. I need to start a journal <laughs> to record the patterns that come up. Yes. Now, Lennis, you are involved with the Latinos Affinity Group with SWE. Can you tell us a bit about your involvement and how you first got started in it? Yeah, so it just happened very, very interestingly. I was doing a poll in on LinkedIn asking a little bit about role models, right? And what women in STEM felt that they wanted to see in role models, what could help them really navigate through their career development, etc. And I connected with Sunita, who is the lead of the affinity of the Latinos affinity group. And we were just having a conversation because she responded to my poll. And then I just kind of connected with her. And we just sat on a Zoom and she said, Hey, Will you like to be part of the committee this year? And I said, that sounds like a great idea. I've been wanting to be more involved with SWE. And this was just a great opportunity. So we talked about how I could collaborate and my strengths. And one of the things is I love content creation and Hispanic Heritage Month is just was just around the corner when we were talking. And I said, I can completely support you in that. And the other part that I love is that I can also create content in Spanish for our sweet chapters that are in Spain and in Costa Rica and that, you know, speak mainly Spanish. I can be of support on, on that as well. So that's how I got involved. And I will say that the Latinos Affinity Group Committee group of women are incredible, supportive, encouraging. It's been really a pleasure working with, with this team and with this group. This must have had a, an impact on your life and career joining the organization. Yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting just expanding my network, getting to know other women, where they're at at different stages, being able to collaborate within 
other affinity groups as well. So it really has brought in lots of opportunities to meet with incredible people who are doing so much for this organization and helping it run like a very smooth machine that it does. Before we let you go here, there's a sweet advanced learning webinar that you're involved with. Can you tell us about it, what we can expect and how we can check it out? Yes. So I will be presenting a webinar called Getting the Job Done, Think and Marte, which is without burnout. (laughs) And it's all about how we can lean into our strengths and what may be some of the blind points in our lives that may be causing us to work harder than we need to, to not follow that path of least resistance that I mentioned earlier. So this is happening on October 6th at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I know through the newsletter on the Society of Women Engineers, you will be able to get a notification to sign up and register for this. And I'm We'll also be sharing the information through the Latinos Affinity Group and through my own personal channels. And where can we find you on your personal channels as well? Because I want to learn more from you too. <laughs> oh, well, you. I will say the three places where you will find me most active are on LinkedIn. It's my first name, Lenis, L-E-N-N-I-S dash Perez, P-E-R-E-Z. So Lenis Perez, you will find me on LinkedIn. You can also find me on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel where I talk a lot about some of the things like imposter syndrome, where I teach meditation and I share some short meditations for those who are just getting started with working on that, how to navigate STEM as a female. I have a lot of great content there and you can find me at Lenis Perez TV, like in television. So L-E-N-N-I-S. P-E-R-E-Z as in Zebra, T as in Tom, and V as in Victor, all one word. And my website, lenisperez.com. So yeah, you can definitely with my name, if you Google me, you will find me. (laughs) Well, we can't wait to learn even more from you, Lenis. Is there anything that you'd like to mention before we go? Well, I am very thankful for this opportunity. I really hope that this episode on Cafecito with a woman in STEM really inspires other women to look for ways to prioritize their well-being. And as you mentioned, Sam, to really pour from a full cup because Mm. that really creates the ripple effects and the changes and the impacts that we know we can have in the world. So thank you. Lenis, thank you so much for bringing some alignment to our podcast today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Sam. And thank you to all the listeners for being here with us today. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam East. And from all of us at Sweet, till next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org.